worship right there like my man came going in right there I mean first service he was going in right there I just want to keep having church anybody been to church but then you get been to church come on all right like like just ready to get almost told my man get on that b3 organ like we talked about it before right and uh, they just went in don't you just know that you have some of the most incredible worship on the planet man what's happening here is so special <laughs> That was so good. First service, he had his hair up. Second service, he let his hair down. I'm like, oh, he's about to get it. And, uh, and they got it, man. And uh, I tell you, it is, it is always an honor to be here with our Rock City family. And uh, it truly is. Whether you like it or not, you got an adopted family in the house from Houston, Texas. The Barbers feel at home. We love this place. And it's always so good to be with you all. And then also, man, I love your pastor so much. Pastor Chad and Katie are some of our closest friends in the world, and I just believe in honor. And if you're new to Rock City, you need to come back. One, Pastor Chad's going to come back with a better tan. Come on, somebody. How many know? He'll preach better with a better tan and skinny jeans. And so, like, we're just thankful they got away. How many thankful you got pastors who say yes to building rest? They go to get better so they can come back and be better for you. Can I get an amen on that? They're incredible leaders, and I love them so much. And if you're new here, you need to come back and meet them because I believe in Rock City family, you know this, there's some of not just the best people in the world, but some of the best leaders and pastors on the planet. You have something special here. Can you help me? Come on, a big shout. Can you honor your pastors today? Come on, show some love to Pastor Chad and Katie. We love you. So good to have everybody here, man. It's going to be a good day. Come on, anybody excited for a good day in church? Come on, make some noise in the house. Like, I need you to help me preach a little bit. Come on, it's like, like we're going we're gonna to have some fun, amen? And uh, we can talk back to each other. Can I get an amen? Amen. Can I get a yeah? Yeah. Hey, that worked. Let's go. We're going to have a good day today. I promise you that. I believe God's going to do some great things. We're kicking off. We're continuing this series called Summer School. Come on. Come on. How many do not like summer school? Not the series. The series is great. Remember school? Come on. I, I was thinking about that school. I was like, man, school. Like, anybody ever, anybody ever get lunch at school? Anybody remember back in the day, them Sloppy Joes? Come on, somebody, where you at? Anybody Sloppy Joe fans? Come on, show your hands, where you at? Like, and you remember they broke out the chocolate milk. Come on, where my chocolate milk folk? I'm trying to see my people. Then, I remember the day when they broke out the strawberry milk. Let's go, where you? Yeah. Now, you know you a cafeteria fan when you ate the French toast sticks. Let's go, where you at? Hey, hey, hey. what I'm talking about, man. It's going to be great. And I also need to know, we're going to school today. We're all my family, man. Those who make straight A's, we love you and don't like you at the same time. But for the rest of the family in the house, where's my B and C students? Come on, show me some love. Where you at? Come on. Oh, come on. Wave at her, brother. Where you at? Okay, okay, okay. How many are below that? I won't ask. Okay, here we go. How many believe we're going to have some fun today? Amen? Amen. I mean, we're going to do good. Hey, let's pray. Father, we love you. Jesus, we thank you for this moment. Prayer right now today, Holy Spirit, that you're, you're just in this place. You're right now, those who are in the room, those of you that, we pray, Holy Spirit, you go right through the lens of this camera for every person that is watching right now, and to every house, at every campus, Lord God, every prison that is here right now, listening and watching, God, we pray in Jesus' name, your anointing fills their room. And Father, we're going to leave here today better than we came in, God, and we give you all the glory for it, 
and we give you all the honor. And if you believe it, somebody shout amen. Come on, and give Jesus one more time. Come on, show some love. Amen, all right? Do me a favor. High five two, three people and say, man, you dressed better last week, and you can take a seat. You dressed better last week, and you can take, take your seat. Man, oh, man. If you got your Bibles, and dive straight in here today. If you got your Bibles, turn with me to first, uh, Second Peter chapter 1. Second Peter chapter 1. If you're taking notes, here's what I want to talk about today, going to school. Do a little teach, preach. Come on. We can teach a little bit, and we're going to preach a little bit. Is that all right? Kind of flow that way today. Here's what I want to talk about. I want to talk about I'm getting better. Now, come on, everybody at every campus, everybody say this with me. I'm getting better. Ready? I'm getting better. I'm getting better. Better, Because how many would agree, you want to be a better you one year from now, right? That was great. Three people. Come on. Are you in the room? How many want to be a better you one year from now than you are right now? Can I get a yeah? <laughs> Here we go. Group participation. There we go, baby. And so, so you do. You want to be a better you. We're talking about this week about the power of commitment. What it means to have faith inside of faithfulness. Well, I want to get better. This isn't saying you jacked up or something's wrong with you. It's not saying I'm going to get, be better so that I can be better than you. This is saying I want to be better so that I can be better for you. That's what it's all about. When it comes to marriage and relationships and life, we can't demand a better them before we demand a better us. You have to get you right. And when you get you right, it makes everybody else around you better. Come on, can I get an amen all right? I'm getting, I'm getting better. The power of commitment. 2 Peter chapter 1, verse 5 through 8 says this. It says, for this very reason, make, notice the intensity. It says, make every effort to add to your faith goodness and to goodness knowledge and to knowledge self-control and to self-control perseverance and to perseverance godliness, which is also holiness, and to holiness mutual affection. And to mutual affection, love. For if you, there's the challenge, you either got it, you don't. If you possess these qualities in these two words, I want you to focus them or underline them in your Bible or write them down. In increasing measure, meaning getting better, they will keep you from being ineffective and unproductive in your knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. How many want to be effective? Come on, show of hands. Come on, group participation all over the building, every campus. Are you with me? I want to say, you also, you want to be productive. We want to get better. And here's what it's saying. It's saying, hey, all these things will be added on to you if you make the effort. And daily and increasing measure, you will get better. When I think about this, I thought about an illustration and in fact, if you read the scripture, you can kind of see it going this way. But anybody like to play dominoes? Come on, anybody play dominoes? Come on, anybody right here? Okay, I know my real domino players, how many know you don't call it dominoes, you call it what? Anybody shout it out? Come on, call it, there we go, we call it bones. Come on, somebody, right? I can tell by the way somebody holds a dominoes whether I'm going to destroy them or they know how to play. Come on, all right? And so, and you play dominoes. And so, so I thought about this. Anybody ever heard of a domino, domino effect? Yeah, if, you haven't, if you've forgotten, actually, the team's got a video for me. It, look, at it, look at this domino effect. It started with one domino. Just want to give you a visual of it. That triggered a set of, who knows, a bajillion dominoes. And I'm sitting here watching this video, and my first thought is, this brother ain't got a job. 
I mean, come on, am I right? Like, like he is not happy with life right now. I don't, it's like, I don't know what to do. <laughs> so like, who has the time to do all that? And I'm like, man, if he's a YouTuber, he's making more money than me. Come on, all right? And, uh, but look at that, though. It's just, we see the chain reaction. I mean, you, you get the idea of it, right? If you go back and you read this scripture, this kind of, it treated, you see it kind of like a domino effect. We need to decide, hey, I'm going to get better in one area that I'm not great in. God says when you make the effort, it'll create like a trigger effect of better and greater and blessing in your life. How many want that? Can I get an amen? Amen. And so, so when we look at this, the domino effect, what it does is it reminds me that we're all of us. We are just one bad decision away, one bad behavior away, one bad choice away. One bad habit of way from triggering a domino effect of negative in our life. We've all been there, am I right? We've developed bad habits. We've made bad decisions. We've texted that we shouldn't have to text, looked at things we shouldn't have to look at, dove into addictions that, like, how in the world am I here? But it was all triggered back to somewhere. And it created a, a negative domino effect in our lives. And notice that. Notice that I said it creates a negative effect, but one bad decision doesn't mean that it's over. Can I get an amen on all that? Amen. One, the Bible doesn't say you make one bad decision, you're a failure. I couldn't serve a God like that. I'm thankful that I serve a God who's got way more grace than I got problems. Come on, somebody, right? And he's saying, hey, you don't, you don't just make one decision and it's over. That's why we got the grace of God, and that's why I'm thankful that we serve a God of restoration. How many thankful for the saving grace of Jesus? Amen. And so we see, amen, come on. And so we see this, and I want you to think about the biblical text, is that Adam and Eve, they triggered a domino effect of negative in our world and in our lives. And thankful because of Jesus and the cross, he came back and he says, what Adam started, that's the first question everybody's going to ask Adam. Adam, bro, just no apples, like eat a banana, bro. Get an orange. Get a grapefruit, don't touch the apple. You know what I'm saying? It's like, but it's like, but he triggered this, and we see that curse fell on the world, and, and that's why we have a hard time, and, and all, all sorts of things happening. But that's why Jesus said, Hey, I gotta come in and I gotta flip the script. I gotta shift the effect. All of a sudden, the earth and the world is falling one way, but because of the blood of Jesus and the cross and what he did for us, how many know he came, defeated death, hell, and the grave? He flipped the script, and he created the opposite direction, and a new domino effect, the blessing began to take place. And so that's the good thing about our Savior. And as much as one bad decision, one bad move, one bad behavior, one bad thought can create into a, something that is negative, how many know one word from God One bold step in the right direction, one step of faith can create a domino effect of blessing for your family and your children's children. And with one decision, you can change the legacy of your household. For me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Are you following me? Can I get a yeah? Yeah. Here we go, all right? So here's a few thoughts going to school. We have a decision to make. What are we going to do about it? Every single person, if you think hard enough in your life, there is something right now that is not going the way that you want it to go. And I'm asking you to focus on that one thing. It may be super heavy. It may be super light. 
but it is not going the direction that you want it to go. Maybe you've seen it happen from generation to generation to generation, and you said, this is not going to be a part of my family because you saw it a part of your parents' family and your grand, but all of a sudden now it's creeped into your family, and all of a sudden now you don't know what to do. Whatever that is, I need you to lean into that through the rest of the message. Here's the first thought. How do we make it better? Through commitment. Number one, you got to understand this. Decisions and behaviors are often tied together. Decisions and behaviors are often tied together. I want to give you a few illustrations. It actually says in Proverbs, a few just practical things. In Proverbs, it says, train up a child, right, in the way they should go. In another translation, it says, to start your children off. So I got here a set of dominoes. How many are watching the guy set up the dominoes and not even the intro video with Pastor Chaz? Like, don't hit them, don't knock them off, bro. And so it was great. Can we give it up for the serve team here? Come on, Rock City, just making it happen, first class. When I think about this, I want to give you some practical things. When you decide to make one decision, how it can change some things. Now, I know everybody in the room is not, but how many people or how many parents do I got in the house? Come on, show some, wave, wave, wave at me so I can see everybody in the Balcony, every campus, right? Okay, we got a bunch of parents in the house. How many know that it all starts, like the first decision is that when a baby comes into this world, they know how to sleep, but we just got to train them on when to sleep. Come on, am I right? There ain't nothing worse than a baby getting their nights and their days confused. Everybody's angry. <laughs> now nobody's happy, am I right? Except the baby. You're like, man, this is normal. But we got to go in. All of a sudden, we got to decide, no, we're going we're gonna to bring some order. I had a friend. I went to his house one time, and uh, he put his kid down for a nap at 11 p.m. at night. I said, bro, what are you doing? He said, hey, homeboy came into my world. I didn't come into his. I was like, good luck with that. That ain't going to last long, right? Like, and it didn't. But I, I want you to follow me with something. All of a sudden, what you have is when you, that's why they say kind of let the doctor say let him cry it out because it's not that you're being mean. It's you're trying to create a domino effect of order in their life. And all of a sudden, you teach them how to, how to live, and all of a sudden, they know when to sleep, and they know when to be awake. And then all of a sudden, when they learn to get a good night's sleep because they go to bed on time, guess what? They wake up with a better mood. Come on, somebody. Where you at, parents? Ain't nothing like a 10-year-old and a 14-year-old waking up just mad. Ain't got no reason to be mad. Come on. <laughs> am I talking to anybody, or am I alone up in here? Come on. I got, I got four young. It's like, like, Matt, what you mad about? It's like, got all this mood. Like, you better listen better, because we brought you into this world, and we can take you out. It'll take long to make another one of you. You better listen up. Here we go. All right, here we go. That's funny. I don't care what you say. Here we go. Right, so, like, so, so, so it's like, it's like, it's like right here. Is that bad that I threaten my, threaten my children? Okay, here we go. It's like, but but are y'all following me? You say, hey, I'm going to make sure they know their nights and days. I'm going to make sure they have a good rest. And when they get good rest, then what? Then they know how to, then they know, have a good mood. When they wake up in a good mood, they're going to have some confidence. And now that they got some confidence, they're going to start making some good grades and making good decisions. And because now they're making good grades and good decisions, guess what? They're going to graduate high school. And then when they graduate high school, they're going to be smart enough to pick the right choice and go to Ohio State and not Michigan. Come on, somebody. OH. Here we go, baby. And so it's like, it's like all of a sudden, man, I trained them up right. And, and then we got this. And, 
Then all of a sudden now they're getting their college degree and then all of a sudden they get their master's and then they finally get their job and then they finally build their own business and they finally launch their own ministry and then all of a sudden here we are 50 years down the road, you're so proud of them for everything that they built and everything that they accomplished but they would not be here if you didn't go all the way back to here and hit the domino effect of change. Come on, are are y'all following me? Think about this, think about, think about, think about one thing I'm very passionate about is leading your family to church. Making a community. If you don't have a family now, let it be a value for you now. What you start now, you'll walk through later. Like the value of making church a priority more than ever. It blows me away. Like we do not let our kids skip school. We're like, uh, they'll figure out their ABCs in one, two, three, some, one, two, three someday. They'll, figure, they'll listen to the song. MJ's got it. Some of y'all catch that later. If you don't know who MJ is, I need to shift my whole message. Come on. All right, here we go. They'll, they'll figure it out later. No, no, no. We, we, we don't ever let them do that, but when it comes to church, it's kind of like, ah. Yeah, maybe they'll, they'll figure out Jesus later. Like maybe, maybe, maybe the value of like, that, they'll, 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 they'll maybe find it someday. Like, no, no, no. Can I tell you, school lasts a certain number of years, but church can last a lifetime. And the, here's what happens when you decide as a family and as a person to hit the church domino effect in your life. You're saying, hey, I'm going to starting today, this year, I'm going to go all out and I'm going to be committed to come to church. I'm going to go to Go Track. I'm going to get plugged in and I'm going to serve. I'm going to serve our Dream Center. I'm going to plug in and serve as a greeter. I'm going to do everything that I can to go all in. This year. And all of a sudden, here's what happens. All of a sudden, your kids, all of a sudden, they, they start loving the church, and all of a sudden, they start finding friends and community. And then when they find friends and community, all of a sudden, they start getting some confidence about themselves. And then all of a sudden, what happens is they get saved. Come on, Jesus. And then all of a sudden, then they get baptized. I just baptized my 10-year-old and my, four, and my 12-year-old. Come on, somebody. Literally, I'm walking this right now. All of a sudden, they, they, get, they get water baptized. And then all of a sudden, then they, then they realize that, man, I'm going to live a life of purity. And I'm not going to get married until I'm 60 years old. I got three daughters. Come on, help me out, right? Pray for both. <laughs> but I'm going to live a life of purity. And I, I'm going to make sure, and I teach my girl, don't be, going to look for, don't be going to look for a Jesus man. Go searching for Jesus, and he'll bring you a man. He says, come on, somebody. I ain't going to go there. I'll leave it alone. I'll leave it alone. All right, here we go. And, 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 like, and all of a sudden, they want to live a life of purity. And all of a sudden, now they do a right and they get married. And all of a sudden, they have a healthy marriage. And then they have a family. And then they got to start the nights and days. And then they lead their family to children. And all of a sudden, here you got from a generation to generation to generation of blessing, all because we went back and said, I'm going to commit this year to be committed to the local church more than ever. And I created a domino effect of blessing for my family. And for my household. Can I get an amen in the house? Come on, are you with me? Like, this happens everywhere. You're just one decision away from shifting the legacy of blessing in your family. Just one decision. One bold yes to make it happen. And you, you can apply this to anything. You can apply it to multiple things. Like, you can apply it to marriage. All of a sudden, marriage, all of a sudden, you stop, you stop, um, you stop dating one another. You stop communicating. You stop saying, I love you. You stop reaching out. And all of a sudden, it's easier to walk away than it is to stick it out with commitment, to have faith with inside your faithfulness. 
And all of a sudden, you find yourself in a place you never thought you would be in. We see, we see it in multiple things, mental health. All of a sudden, we start letting things in our lives, and all of a sudden, depression and suicide is hitting you, and you're like, where in the world did this come from? I've never been here before. Addiction takes place. I'm in prison ministry a lot. I travel the nation and the world. My family's been in prison ministry for 36 years, full time, traveling all over. And the one thing every every inmate that I, that that, ends, that gets caught for stealing and robbing, they will all let you know. They tell me, Brandon, I didn't start off with a big job. It all started off with stealing a Twinkie at the gas station. Because just one thing, the least to another moment, the least to another moment. But the good thing about the restoration grace of Jesus Christ, right, is that all it takes is just one move to say yes to where God can shift everything back into order and back into play. How many know we serve a God who can bring order, which the world says is disorder? Can I get an amen in the house on that? Second thought is this, if you're taking notes, is you got to make a commitment. This is where I challenge you. Make a commitment to personal improvement. Saying, I'm going to get better. I'm going to be committed to it. I will get better. Can I tell you guys, obedience and faithfulness is the one thing that breaks the cycle of negative in your life. Obedience and faithfulness is what breaks the cycle of negative over your life. Can I tell you, we all, like I said, we all create bad habits. You didn't come out of the womb, womb biting your fingernails. <laughs> it started somewhere. We all have these bad habits that we know that uh, it's kind of on the edge of like, God, it's, I know what your Bible says, but man, it's fun. I know, God, how you want me to live, but man. We develop these bad habits and, and things in our life. And can I tell you right now, if you don't decide to make a personal commitment to get better, if you don't break that habit, that habit will break you. Let me say it another way. The Bible says it. The Bible calls it blessing and cursing. If you don't break the curse, the curse will, bless, will, will break you. If you don't break the curse, the curse will break you. Like I told you guys, there may be some things happening in your family that you've seen. Maybe you've seen nothing but broken marriages and broken relationships. And maybe you're a young person in here and you're terrified to get married because you think everything's going to happen for you the same way you've always seen it done. Just brokenness. But maybe God is saying, hey, it doesn't have to be that way for you. Maybe you can decide that things are going to be different for you and your family. And you can do it right. And then your children can do it right. And then their children's children can do it right. Addiction may be running in your family and you're sitting there saying, but I'm tired of it. I'm tired of alcohol and drugs being in my family and depression. And everybody, everybody I know in my family is on depression medication. And I don't want to be that anymore. Well, you know what? Decide today, I'm going to do whatever it takes to get better. And to say it stops with me. I'm going to shift the perspective and the domino effect of my family. Come on. Am I talking to anybody today? Are you with me? Like, like I'm going to make a personal commitment. I'm going to break this curse off my life. 1 Timothy 4, 7 says this. Do not waste time arguing over godless ideas and old wives' tales. Instead, train yourself. Train yourself to be godly. The Bible says he is the author and the finisher of our faith. And if God holds the story, that lets us know that you hold the pen. It's up to you. You can change some things today. 
How many believe God can change some, shift some things today? Come on, anybody believe that in the house? I believe God can do it wholeheartedly. What, is ha what happens when you just say, hey, you know what? I'm going to make a commitment to personally do better, to get better. Like maybe you got broken relationships. Maybe you're, you're dealing with maybe a broken marriage. And all of a sudden, can I tell you today, like, man, just go ahead and then just embrace the awkward and have a conversation. If Jesus can take on the cross for you and me, butt naked, and, and do, say, hey, they are worth it, then I can take on an awkward conversation to save a relationship and to restore a friendship. Come on, am I talking to anybody? Are you, like, I believe that, like, like, it's worth the effort. What am I going to do to change some things? What, what's going to take place? Then, when I, when I think about this, you, people, people need you more than you realize. Did you know that there's a new mental health stat? That I just heard this a couple of weeks ago. The number one rising mental health threat right now in our country and really the world, they've identified it as loneliness. They're saying that 25% of people will die quicker from loneliness than if they were to smoke a pack of cigarettes a day. You know what that lets me know, friends? It lets me know, one, they need Jesus, and number two, they need you. Your friends around you need you more than you realize. Your classmates need you more than you realize. Your coworkers need you more than you realize. And I know right now, you complaining about the very job you just prayed for. Come on, somebody. <laughs> but maybe you're there on assignment. Maybe you're there to help somebody. Come on, am I right? Maybe you're there to be a blessing to somebody. Maybe you've seen some good things happening in your life, and you're there to encourage them to say, hey, I believe some good things are going to happen for you. How's that? Let me tell you, his name is Jesus. Come on, are you with me? Like, like what are we going to do to make a commitment? Like, like if you're dealing with, with marriage, like, like just like in all this law, man, start somewhere. Start with the decision. Create a domino effect. Like, all of a sudden, like, what if you just started just saying, I'm just, we're going to decide today. We don't know if our marriage is going to make it, but, but I, I, want to, I want to be committed to make it happen. We want to get better. You know what I'm going to start doing? Let's just agree. We're going to start texting each other every single day, I love you. Just every day, say, I love you. And for men who are not, and us men, we are not very good at communication. All the ladies went, yep. I'm going to give you one more chance, ladies. Come on. Men, we are not good at communications. And all the ladies went, yep. Here he is. There he is. Okay. If you can't communicate, men, here's your answer. Work the emoji. Come on, somebody. Come on. Am I right, ladies? Come on. Ain't nothing like a little hard-eyed smiley face and a little black heart. Come on, somebody. It's like, hey. You ain't got to say nothing. I feel like that's a relationship series. Work the emoji. Come on. Am I right? Like, make that happen. I'm serious. Like, sit all of a sudden, man, all of a sudden, here you are, you texting. You're like, oh, I'm liking that. And all of a sudden, you ain't FaceTiming, you body timing. Come on, somebody, right? Hey. Come on, we grown-ups in here, ain't we? And all of a sudden, things are getting better. You're communicating. Hey, we're going to listen to a podcast every week, and we're going to talk about it. All of a sudden, the things that you were confused about, God is revealing to you the truth and the answers to them. All of a sudden, oh, oh, wait. God made you that way for me. That's why we're together. God made me this way for you. That's why we're together. Because marriage and relationship, it's not about bringing 50% of you and 50% of the other. It's about bringing 100% of one another and coming together. And then all of a sudden, come on, amen. 
Then all of a sudden, now, now you're like, like going back on date night. And like we can't even find you because you had a random date every single week. And all of a sudden, now you're that couple in the foyer. And we're just all annoyed by you because you're finishing each other's sentences. And you're just like, we know you love each other. You got all that happening. <laughs> because today you said, I'm going to change some things. And I want to change a lasting domino effect of blessing in my marriage, for our children, and in our family. I'm going to make a commitment to get better today. Can I get an amen in the house? Come on, are you all with amen. me? Amen. Let me give you a couple last thoughts. The team is going to come and join me. A couple last thoughts and then a personal story. As I get a little bit passionate about this myself, is can I tell you, as much as I'm giving you some practical thoughts and illustrations, there is an emotional side of this thing that is real. If we've experienced anything over the last year and a half, it's the, the enemy has attacked our mental health. Can I tell you right now, one of the most powerful things you can do is create a domino effect mentally to say, I'm gonna get better and I'm gonna change some things. And the Bible talks about the one thing, what does it say? The renewing of the, the mind. That only happens when you speak. Because when you speak out of your mouth, your brain stops. Because what comes out of your mouth is so powerful that your mind has to stop to listen to what your mouth has to say because whatever comes out of your mouth controls your body and controls your So no, you got the power to speak life. And it comes with the word of God. And I want to encourage you with this. Like You need to declare words of faith over your life. There needs to be a boldness and a strength that rises up on the inside of you. They're like, man, I'm, I'm going to do something different. First Peter 5, 7 says this, pour out all your worries and stress upon him and leave them there. Don't take them back home. Leave them. No matter where you got to go, maybe that's your closet, maybe that's your car. I don't know where it's at, but don't leave that place until you can take on the day with the joy of the Lord. And get some word up inside of you. Psalms 107 verse 20 says this. He sent out his, shout it with me, his what? His word. And he healed them, snatching the door dead. He healed them. Wait, 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 wait. He healed them with his what? His word is what healed them. He healed them with his word. What does that let me know? It's the word of God that heals. And the question is, like, we're really good at language. We can say a whole lot of words every day. But how many, how many breaths of air every day that we breathe are we breathing the word of God into our situation? And if the word of God heals and I need some joy, guess what I'm going to do? I'm going to find some scripture for some joy. And I'm going to preach joy over my soul, preach joy over my spirit. And I'm not going to take on the day until I got the joy of the Lord. My problems aren't fixed. I don't need them to be. I just need it to speak to me. The word of God, like I grew up in a household. I don't know about y'all, but I grew up in a household. I was drugged to church. We didn't say Holy Spirit. We said Holy Ghost. Come on, somebody. Where you at? Like there's a difference. There's sometimes my mom was a praying mama. I would wake up some mornings and she had this big bottle of oil and it was just pouring over my head. Just, and I just woke up and she's just praying, Jesus, get it out of him. Jesus, get it out of him. 
Just like, just, just in the season of being stuck on stupid as a teenager. It's just like, like, get it. That happened last week. Anyways, I'm just kidding. But um, just like, like, I woke up in that household. My mom, all the time, she would wait till I fall asleep. And she would come into my room. I had no idea. And she, I just knew it in the morning. And she would come into my room, and she brought in a cassette tape player. Come on, somebody. Anybody remember a cassette tape? Let's go. Don't throw back a little bit. She'd bring in a set tape, and she'd put in Psalms 91 and play it all night long. So that the Word of God would get in my spirit. So that the Word of God would get into my soul. Because she said, my son is called by God. And the Word of God, whatever he's going through, I don't know what it is, because he's not talking to me. But I know this, the Word of God heals. And he's going to get, I woke up, man, scripture's written on the wall. We do this with my children now. In the bathroom, they're going to write scripture. We got sticky notes everywhere. So I don't know what you're believing God for. But get the word of God around you. Take on the day with the word. How many thankful for the word of God? Come on, amen. Like, put it everywhere. If you're believing God for your children, I don't care where they are, write on their mirror, put it in their lunchbox, show up on college campus, and write it in big white marker on their car. It don't matter. You just cover them in the Word of God. They may not like it, but sooner or later, I just want to encourage you, like, like get an emotional domino effect going in your life. Every day, find, I don't, insecurity, depression, I, I, don't, I don't know what you're dealing with, what you're going through, believe in God for your marriage, your family, whatever it might be. Can I tell you, whatever that is, find some word, let it speak life. Try it seven days and watch what God does for you. Come on, can I get an amen on that? Amen. Hey, let's stand to our feet as I share this story. We're going to close. How many is ready to get better? Come on, any hands, show of hands. Come on, anybody ready to get better? I ask you to zone in real quick because I'm going to share a personal story. It's really kind of my life story now. I'm going to talk to you about because the domino effect, what the Bible's really speaking to, is the power of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, which is my last point decide to be the answer. Something's got to shift in you today at every campus, watching online, of brothers and sisters in prison. You can be the answer. You have to decide to be the answer for you and for your family and for the generations to come. So the Bible gives us the Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Adam messed it up. So God said, I need somebody to try to bring this order of blessing back into place. And he said, Abraham, will you be the answer? Will you be the one that brought order? Let me tell you, there's some of you that maybe you're dealing with some disorder in your life, in a family. God is saying, hey, you don't, have to, you don't have to follow that same thing. But will you be the answer? Will you be the one to change some things? And I think about this with my family, the Barber family. Many know my father. Um, he's an incredible man, my hero. A lot of them know him in two roles. Number one. He's, he, was a, he was a stud uh, NFL player, played in the NFL for over 10 years back in the day when they didn't pay. Come on, somebody. And so, uh, yeah, back from 76 to 86, he was a stud. First-round pick for the Oilers, played for the Orioles and the Rams. And everybody, every, Earl Campbell, Eric Dixon, those days, anybody remember those days? A few people? Yep, yep. 
Okay, here we go. And uh, they loved him for football. And then out of that, he jumped into prison ministry. And we've been in prison ministry, like I mentioned earlier, for the last 36 years. We've traveled the country. We've traveled the world. We've been to Central South America, Russia, Ukraine. I've been in the jungle of Guatemala. We've been all over. Ta- we go and, and, and set up tents, and thousands come out. And can I just tell you, it's just incredible. Over the last 36 years, tens of thousands of men and women have given their life to Jesus, and families have shifted from the inside. Come on. Are you with me? That's why I love this house. I love how this house, how many thankful you serve a house that loves our loved ones in prison? Can I get an amen on that? Because you might be in prison, but prison don't have to be in you. I'm talking to you, friend. God can meet you right where you are. And so they know that about my father. But what they don't know is that from a young age, he grew up in a home where he was abused every day. He's been tied to a tree, whip with a whip, bull whip, beaten with a hammer over the head the bat he had to live outside of his home the last three years of last two years in high school I mean addiction anger alcohol drug everything broken marriages broken families the barber family legacy was broken my dad was the number one high school recruit in the nation coming out and this would have hit every social media network but he actually, he could have gone anywhere. Um, uh, he he, he could have, should have picked Ohio State. Come on, somebody. All right, here should have. But, but he didn't. He actually followed a coach to another school that he just loved like a father because he grew up with a dad who never told him he loved him. Never once said he was proud of him. Grew up lonely and full of anger. And all of a sudden, he finds himself in his first practice at this new college, actually Louisiana Tech University. And something like shakes him. He's not even a believer yet. Something shakes on the inside. He sprints off the field, full pads, jumps in his car, and drives over three hours back home to the nursing home to look his father in the eyes and say the very things his dad should say to him. Dad, I love you, and I forgive you. And got nothing back. But I want you to see what happened in that moment. In that moment, something shifted. Something shook my dad in the moment to saying, hey, I'm not gonna let my upbringing become my becoming. I'm not gonna let what has been around me rob my family from joy no more. I'm gonna be the answer for my family. I'm gonna change some things. This doesn't have to be what my kids experience. This doesn't have to be what my grandchildren experience. And all of a sudden, what he felt is in that moment, can I tell you, it was a beautiful story. And from that moment, he changed his entire life. And then all of a sudden, you fast forward multiple years later, and I'm here. And I love Jesus. And I'm called to the ministry. My first message, I preached in prison at 14 years old. Guess what I preached? Psalms 91. Mama must have known what she was doing. Come on. And here I am because of that. And then, and then, it's not even the best part. The best part is my four kids are running up to me saying, Dad, I love Jesus. Dad, I love the church. And I'm like, God, you did it. You did it. And can I tell you what I'm experiencing right now was because a man in 1974 decided I'm going to be an answer for my family 
and I'm going to change the legacy and I'm not going to let my upbringing become my becoming. I'm going to break the curse off my family. Insecurity will be no more. Brokenness will be no more. We will have healthy marriages. We will have a thriving family. We will be financially set free. God's hand is going to be on my life. And because of... yes to being an answer and I'm telling you there's many of you in this room you can do it my dad wasn't a parent yet by the way wasn't even a husband youth young adults college students you might be in a broken family you don't need to be a certain age to change it you can do it right now ladies you can do it too God told Esther I just need somebody to go to the king I need somebody to stand up for our race I need somebody to stand up for the women. All I need, he needs somebody. You can shift the legacy of your family. The lady with the woman at the well when Jesus met her, she went back and saved her whole, her whole family, her whole village. God can use anybody in the room. The question is, will you be the answer? You might be thinking, Brandon, I can't do it, man. My life is too far gone. This can't happen. There's no way God can love somebody. I'm going to tell you right now, how many know God still got love for you? It's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I got even scripture to point it to you. Psalm 68, verse 19. What a glorious God. Come on. How many know we serve a glorious God? Can I get an amen? And he saves us. What? And gives us salvation over and over. Over and over. Because he says, I'm getting better because I believe you can get better. Come on, how many believe God's doing something great in your life? God's doing something powerful in your family. I believe it. And I want it to happen for every single one of you. Let's change some things. Let's get the domino effect of blessing happening again. Let's change the legacy of your family today. Every head bowed and every eye closed. It all starts with Jesus. It all starts with Jesus. I can feel the emotion in the room. I really believe God's working on some hearts today. But can I tell you, friends, none of this happens without a relationship with Jesus. That's the first bold step move of creating a domino effect of blessing to get better. It's Jesus. Jesus didn't die on the cross to be a part of your top three. He died to be number one in your life. You're in the room on the count of three. I'm going to ask you to throw your hand up. Who cares who's in the room? Who cares who's around you right now in the prison cell or who's sitting at home or wherever you are in your workplace watching today and listening? This is a moment for you. It's your first time to give your life to Jesus or... You're saying, Brandon, there's a time I love Jesus more and I'm not like I used to be. I need to rededicate my life. I need everybody in the building and every person at every campus. On the count of three, I'm going to ask you to throw your hand up saying, Brandon, I need Jesus. Hands are already going up. Ready? One, two, three. Shoot it up. Come on. Every campus, everybody. Come on, just keep it up as a statement. I'm not trying to tell you to keep it up for a cool photo shot. That's not what I'm after. I want you to make a statement that you're going to remember. Because you're saying, I'm going to be an answer. I'm going to change some things to my family. 
Come on, I see hands everywhere. Everywhere, everywhere, everywhere. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Jesus. Come on, just keep your hands up right there. You can put your hands down. Everybody say that. I'm going to do two prayers. Everybody say this prayer real quick with me. Everybody say, Jesus. Come on, let's pray together as a family. Let's get a little bit loud. Here we go. Let's join together. Everybody say, Jesus. Thank you for dying on the cross for me. Thank you for shedding your blood for me. Today, Jesus, I give you my life. Amen. It's as simple as that. Everybody looking up at me real quick. Here's my last prayer. We're going to actually, I'm going to pray for you. And then we're actually going to take communion real quick to seal the day, which is incredible. And then go into a worship song. We're not doing communion quite yet. But I want, I, want to, I want to mention this. How many would say that maybe this message today touched you in some way? And you're saying, Brandon, I need to be an answer for my family. I'm ready for things to change. Addiction, no more part of my family. I don't know what's addiction, if it's depression, if it's marriages, if it's families. Whatever is heavy on your heart, you're ready for God to change. You're saying it stops with me. And my children are going to be better. If I'm talking to you, I just want to pray for you as family. Come on, will you throw your hand up? Come on, if I'm talking to you, come on. Saying I'm ready to get better. Ready for my family to get better. Thank you, Jesus. I'm just going to believe God's going to break whatever, whatever it is. The Bible calls a blessing and cursing. Whatever it feels like that's a curse over your family, your life. How many believe today that God can do a healing work? Amen? Come on, how many believe that? God can do a healing work. Are you with me? We still serve a God who's a healer. Thank you, Jesus. Come on, so in faith, everybody throw your hands up. Come on, everybody throw your hands up. Jesus, we love you. Father, we just pray right now, every need that is here, Lord God, at every campus. I don't know their story, but you do. I don't know what their need is specifically, but you do, Lord God. We just pray right now in Jesus' name, the devil. Man, we bind you any curse, any pain, whatever is coming against them. We just set it free now in the name of Jesus. And we break that addiction is no more. Depression is no more. Insecurity is no more. We declare healing in marriages. We declare healing in families. We declare that, man, there is no more cancer. There is no more diabetes, Lord God. We speak whole. We speak speak health, we speak healing, and we declare it right now as a church family that this is a house that is thankful for all the things that you do. Now, come on, somebody give Jesus some praise in the house. Come on, raise your faith a little bit. Come on, Rock City, raise your faith a little bit. Every campus, how many are thankful? Thank you, Jesus. Woo-hoo-hoo! Man! Come on, how many glad you came to church today? I believe God's doing a new thing. Hey, I'm gonna, we're going to close with this. Communion. Grab your communion elements. By the way, there was multiple hands that went up here today at every location. I'm multiple hands. The Bible says when one comes to heaven, all of heaven throws a party. Come on. can we? I mean, like, a party louder than a Buckeyes game. Come on, somebody. Like, can we just make some noise? I know we've been shouting a lot. But for every hand who threw their hand up to say yes to Jesus, come on, every location, let's just give Jesus all the praise for that. Amen. Let's seal this great day in church. Let's seal it with communion. You can pull it out, although it kind of it takes forever, you know, a little, a little amazing Ritz cracker. With my four kids, it's not... On communion day, man, we catch them in the back all the time, just popping shots of communion. Just my kids need Jesus. Pray for them. It's a true story. But hold up the bread. 
which represents God's body. And then I want you to, there's like, actually, you can actually hold two hands, just kind of break it and hold it. Break it and hold it. And here's why. The Bible is very clear about this. It's pretty powerful. He shares it in multiple illustrations. One of the most popular, you know, is when he held the largest fish fry in history. Come on, right? And fed the 5,000. But he says they broke it and then they blessed it. In other words, the blessing is in the breaking. Those who refuse to be broken are saying, I don't want to be blessed. It's kind of what we've been preaching about today. He's saying, hey, I'm, I'm admitting I need to get better. There's some broken things in my life. You know what it lets me know? It admits I need a Savior. Come on, how many needs a Savior? That's why we take communion. We're thankful for what Jesus did on the cross. Let's partake. blood of Jesus that washes all of our sins away. He's saying, I did this for you, especially all the hands that just went up today. Welcome to the family of God. And anytime we have a bad day, God is saying, hey, I got you. He's saying, when you do this, I've washed your sins away and I've forgotten about them. So don't go home and think about something that I've already forgotten about. This is why we take, you can partake with me together. to get all of it. Just give me a few more seconds. <laughs> hey, let's close out. You know what? Worship is our response to God's awesomeness. How many of God has done something pretty awesome here today? Come on, anybody? Come on, every campus, you with me? Hey, I want us to, I'm going to, I'm going to do a short prayer. Then I'm going to ask you, don't leave, but engage in worship more than you ever have. Lift your hand. Remember when you, how you worship when you first got saved? Come on, it didn't matter what you sound like. You're like, Jesus! Like, I mean, let's get it. Can we get it this morning? Come on, like, can we close out strong today, Rock City? I said, can we close out strong today, Rock City? Come on, every hand up. Jesus, we love you. We thank you for what you did on the cross. We thank you for what you're doing in our lives today. Bless every house. Bless every household, Lord God. We know that you can do it. Come on, how many knows that he can do it? Amen. Come on, let's worship together. Here we go.